Gazette Newspapers presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Thank you, Scott Keezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and CastBox. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York. We have another great show for you. The NASCAR season restarts on Sunday, and I'll talk to Dave Mooney of Sirius XM and Motor Racing Network about that. My first guest is the voice of Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN Radio, and you can watch him call games on Wednesday nights on ESPN. He also calls college basketball games and is currently either getting up early or staying up late, depending on the game time, calling the games from the Korean Baseball Organization. More importantly, he is originally from my hometown of Philadelphia. Please welcome John Shambi. John? Welcome to the uh, Party Shots Podcast. How are you doing? I am well. I am well. In quarantine, but doing well. Yeah, I think a lot, a lot of us are in quarantine, and uh, hopefully you're staying safe and all that stuff. Um, as I mentioned uh, in the open here, you're from Philadelphia originally, uh, and I, but I know you, you moved eventually. What was it like you know, for, for a few years of growing up in Philadelphia? Well, my, my parents met. They were students at Drexel. And my my dad's side of the family got their hooks in me early, so I moved to New York when I was seven. But I stayed uh, faithful to all the Philadelphia sports teams. Those have been, uh, yeah, those have been my my teams throughout my life. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I, I keep the Philadelphia flame going up here in Schenectady, and it's, it's it's funny. I see a lot of Eagles fans up in this area. I know most of us when Donovan McNabb was uh, McNabb was playing at Syracuse, so but it's nice to see it in Giants country up here seeing a lot of uh, Eagles fans. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, first of the Korea Baseball Organization. The, you know, obviously, you're calling the games from your, your home. How how different is it from calling games in, at, a, at a, a regular stadium? Obviously, uh, there's some delays, obviously, with your you know, whoever your partner is working that game. But uh, talk about the challenges of trying to call a game uh, from a monitor at home. Yeah, I mean, look, if, if this were a, a Major League Baseball game under these circumstances, it would be hard. And I know that league like the back of my hand. Um, it's the combo of we don't control shots, so I don't know the next thing that they're going to put up there. And then, you know, you, you sit there and study the league as best you can, but they're still, you know, facially, you don't know the players. Well, I know we'll get to know them more and more. We don't have much of the way of, you know, we come back, the commercial breaks are really short. We come back from commercial break, and if there's a new pitcher, I have to kind of look to see what his number is, because I can't read his name, obviously, in Korean, and then look at my roster. But I'm still calling the play-by-play. And then, you know, because I think the best way to do it is we've really got to kind of turn it into at least a little bit of a, a talk show. Um, yeah, we're, we're interviewing people. And I, I just... Yeah, so you're you're staring into a camera at a three shot and calling the game and trying to keep score. Yeah, there's just there's a lot you're contending with. But I mean, it's, look, it's baseball and it's been it's been fun. And then yeah, as you mentioned, that your partner is not next to you. It's hard. 
Yeah. But how much fun has it been? Obviously, you know, with, with this pandemic, we have no sports going on right now in this country. But to see baseball playing, being played somewhere, does that give us a, uh, some, some hope that we might see some baseball here in the States? Um, I don't really know. I, I think that, again, I, I think that, you know, there's a, a science and public health component to it that doesn't really have a ton to do with baseball. You know, South Korea's been able to play in large part because they did a better job of, you know, mitigating the virus. So I, I'm, I'm honestly not sure whether the fact that they're playing, like, for example, they have 10 teams with 30, and they are not doing asymptomatic testing over there. They're getting their temperatures taken every day, but they're not doing the swab up the nose and testing for the active virus. And I think the general consensus is that if baseball were to come back, you would have to have widespread testing. So I don't know that Korea playing necessarily signifies anything as it relates to, you know, the United States. You know, Korea's population is, I guess, in the neighborhood of, about, South Korea's population is in the neighborhood of about 52 million, a little bit less. So, you know, the United States, you're talking about a population, you know, in the range of six to seven times greater. So I, I'm, I'm honestly not sure that, that the KBO playing means anything as it relates to MLB playing. What do you think of the, the games you've seen so far? What do you think of the, uh, the the style of play? Obviously not Major League Baseball, but it's not uh, lower level. League. I mean, these are professionals. Yeah, absolutely. No, they're, they're, they got some, I think in terms of skill set, I would say hitting is the first thing that jumps out. They got some guys that can hit. There's no question about it. And I would rate the skill sets, offense first, then pitching, then the defense. I would say that stylistically, I like it probably the best in terms of if you were to compare it to MLB in Japan, it sort of sits in the middle. It, it's not the small ball bunting that a lot of the, you know, that you find in Japan, but it they still are trying to hit home runs. It's just that the strikeouts aren't as prevalent. So it's kind of like, yeah, we're trying to hit home runs, not playing as much small ball, but it's the, the amount of swing and miss and uh, and that type of thing isn't there as much. So the ball is in play more, which I think is a, a good thing. So I like the style of play. Yeah. Of course, the, the big thing is the backflips. So as everybody's been talking about, uh, they like to do the backflips when they hit the home runs, and nobody seems to mind if you uh, do a backflip here in the in the Major League Baseball. All hell's going to break loose in the next batter. But it's kind of fun to see some personality there. Uh, for sure. And, and it's and I, we've already seen backflip double. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, we've, I've seen highlights of backflip pop-outs, backflip ground outs. Um, I think MLB is slowly moving in the direction where we're, you know, more and more okay with the guys expressing themselves, showing some personality, and the opposition not making it about them and just being concerned with their own stuff and 
that understanding that the guy at the place is just happy. That's it. You know, he's yeah. not saying bleep you. He's just happy. Yeah. So I, I like it. I like. I think the sport needs you know as much of that as you can uh, as you can muster. You mentioned earlier about you know, turning into a talk show. You had Trevor Bauer on uh, on the sun, early Sunday morning game that you were doing, and um, somehow his phone number ended up being shown on screen. I, I didn't see it myself, but um, you know, I was watching the game, but I honestly didn't see it. But it seemed like Trevor has turned us into something positive where he, uh, he's obviously giving away some stuff. So, I mean, in the end, it worked out pretty nice. Yeah, he was interesting and good. And, I mean, just a yeah, technical mistake on our – on our end, sometimes the number does not get get cut off. Um, I actually had it happen to me a couple of years ago. So it's, uh, you know, there, there's no intention there. And, and I know I know Trevor, and I know we had a good time on the, on the broadcast, and he's certainly someone who is social media savvy, uh, as it were, and yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, that we, we don't want that to happen again. That's for darn sure. But I also know that, um, you know, we're human and people make mistakes. Yeah. So, but yeah, Trevor's, uh, yeah, Trevor's done well with trying to turn it into something to try and, um, yeah, involve fans and that type of thing. Yeah. Let's talk about the Major League Baseball situation. Uh, as you mentioned, the other. Uh, Testing is going to be an issue, but now the owners and the players are seemed at odds over money again. I mean, an 82 game schedule we're talking about uh, possible revenue sharing. It seems like we could end up not having a baseball season, not because of the pandemic, but because the two sides just seem like we're heading toward a lockout or a strike. When to me, this, I mean, I don't know about what your thoughts, what your thoughts are, but it seems like to me, if they go down this road, they're going to really ruin the sport. Yeah, in this yeah. kind of situation. Yeah, I don't think there's any question. I mean, but <clears throat> look, you, you sit there, and, and I don't know whether they should be doing it this way or not. I, I, I guess they feel fine from a health standpoint, but Sean Doolittle tweeted something about it yesterday, and I don't know about agreeing on the economic. Like, to me, you've got to agree on the health stuff. We agree on the economics, but they're doing it in reverse fashion. And yes, it's not a bad look. Or it's not a good look when you know in times like these, with so many people unemployed, and you know the amount of money that is at stake, that you still have um, a wrestling match going on. I will say this: I, I always find it interesting that. And, and again, this is just my opinion, but that in in the battles between the billionaires and the millionaires, the fans always seem to side with the billionaires. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm personally of the opinion that, um, you know, like the idea that the players should sign a waiver of, um, you know, of obligation if they were to catch coronavirus, I, I find that to be ridiculous. I, I think that, you know, you're looking at a sport where if you own these teams, the franchise values are through the roof. I mean, the Kansas City Royals just sold for a billion dollars. Um, I don't... So I, I'm personally... Look, my two cents is I'm of the opinion uh, that 
in agreeing to any type of um, of reduction in salary because if you look at the history of the sport, then you go back to next year and all of a sudden preseason ticket sales are down or whatever and the owners are going to come back to them again to try and get them to cut salaries relative to revenue. So, I mean, again, this is this is what owning a business. It's not, it's not, uh, I know that it's not ideal, but I, I don't, I don't love the idea that it's on the, the employees, despite the fact that in this case, the employees are millionaires. So, uh, I, but, but to be, go back to the beginning, you can't have this. You can't not play because they can't agree on the money. That would be horrendous. And I think a really big blow to the sport. Gut feeling, are, are they playing July 1st? Uh, maybe not July 1st. I, I'm thinking probably closer to like the 15th. Um, man, I, I am, I'm not sure. I, I, it, it's really, you know, and I'm glad you asked me gut feeling because it really, it changes on the day. As of right this second, and I swear to you, I've, you know, two weeks ago, I felt differently. Right now, I, I think if you make me pick it, I'd say no. I think no. Um, but they're determined to play, so I, I guess um, I think you know there's there's a, a, a chance that I'll end up being wrong. But yeah. they're they're determined to play. Well, you know, we see NASCAR is coming back on Sunday. The PGA Tour is going to be coming back sometime next month. So. This looks like slowly it's happening. You know, obviously, the NHL and NBA season still have to be decided if they're going to you know, finish off the regular season and just go right to the playoffs. So it's a lot of uh, balls in the air right now trying to figure out what's going to happen with sports. I know people like to see some sports. You know, even if the fans can't be in the stands, they just I think they need a diversion right now. Yeah, I, I mean, I get it. People, you know, and that's fine that people can – can want a diversion, but I'd also say, you know, like for example, an article came out today um, that basically talked about for MLB to do testing, or even if you look at the PGA, even if they buy the tests, it is is it in some way going to take away from the ability uh, to test the mass population? And that you know that could be a real thing. I haven't investigated. I don't know. But for us to really get a handle on this, I would say wide-scale testing of asymptomatic people and contact tracing is going to be pretty crucial because, you know, a place like Taiwan, they really were able to, to completely mitigate it. And in Korea, they've had a little spike recently, but for the most part, they've done a good job with it. And, I, you know, we still haven't gotten to a place where everybody... Now, like, if you're sick, you could get one, but but just everybody should be able to get a test today and then tomorrow and then tomorrow and so on and so forth. And if, you know, I, I think that it's a, it's a little bit of a rough sell if the Diamondbacks backup second baseman is, you know, getting five tests a week while he's asymptomatic and somebody in Sheboygan can't get their hands on one when they're asymptomatic, you know? Yeah. Yeah, strange times we're living in. Finally, I'll let you ask you one final question here. You're a Boston College grad. You went to school with uh, classmates connected. He's Joe Tessitore. What was it like being yeah. around Joe Tess? Uh, 
Yeah, Tess, I was good friends with Tess and Bob Wachuse, and the three of us were at BC together. Bob is the voice of the Jets on radio, and he's uh, he's a big-time talent as well. They were great friends, and still are. And, we, you know, in college, we had a lot of fun. We, uh, we got a chance to do student radio together, uh, both live broadcasts of games, but also uh, we got a chance to do... Uh, a sports talk show on the radio, and that was an absolute blast. It's how we learned to be on the air. It was really cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Joe, Joe and I still keep him in pretty good touch, and he, uh, yeah, he, he's put together an amazing career. Yeah, yeah. Joe used to work. Not only grew up here, he used to work in one of the uh, area stations here, Channel Six, uh, as a sports anchor before he moved on to uh, greater things at ESPN. John, appreciate a few minutes here. Um, Good luck with uh, the, you know, the, the baseball season, at least with the Korea stuff. Hopefully we'll have some Major League Baseball to catch you on yeah, the TV. And, I uh, hope radio. so. Yeah, and I appreciate you. I coming. really hope so. Yeah. Thanks a lot, John. All right, thank you. Next, I'll speak with Dave Mooney of Sirius XM and Motor Racing Network about the restart of the NASCAR season. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and CastBox. Hi, this is Miles Reed, editor of the Daily Gazette. These are difficult times. For most of us, the coronavirus crisis has been a time of unprecedented upheaval, uncertainty, and fear. What does it all mean for our health, our families, our jobs, and our futures? At the Daily Gazette, our journalists have been working tirelessly to answer these questions and many more that have come up during this whole pandemic. How many people have tested positive locally? How many have died? Has anyone died in the local nursing homes? Now, in these difficult times, we're turning to you to support our work by purchasing a subscription or making a donation to help fund our daily efforts. With your support, these are the questions we're continuing to report on. Every day, our reporters and photographers have been working the streets and the phones to answer these critical questions. And every day, they answer the bell with their timely and well-documented reports from the front lines in the region. Behind the scenes, the rest of our editorial team, including our sports writers, copy editors, and digital producers, have been wholly focused on covering the COVID-19 story. During this critical time, everyone here at the paper is working to provide important news and information to keep the community safe and connected. But our ability to serve our community is being threatened by some economic challenges posed by the pandemic. We have stay-at-home orders, business closures, and school shutdowns, and they're contributing to the massive instability in the local business landscape. Despite all of these changes, the Gazette will remain committed to serving the community for many years to come, just as we've been doing unfailingly for the past 125 years. So please go to thedailygazette.com and donate or purchase a subscription to the Daily Gazette. Thank you, be well, and please keep reading. Welcome back to the podcast. After taking a pause because of the coronavirus pandemic, NASCAR is revving up the engines to restart the season. My next guest is host of Sirius XM Speedway on Sirius XM's NASCAR radio channel every weekday at 3 p.m. He is also the lead turn announcer for Motor Racing Network's race broadcast 
and you can hear the broadcast of this Sunday's race at Darlington Speedway on Sirius XM starting at 2.30 p.m. Please welcome Dave Moody. Dave, uh, welcome to the podcast. How are things down there? Well, they're great, Tim. We're getting ready to get busy again after two long months of pretty much just sitting on our hands. So, as you can imagine, we're pretty excited about it. Yeah, just how how's it been like? Uh, you know, you know, we everybody, all the sports have really put, been put on pause since the uh, uh, since March. I mean, what it's been has it, what it's been like for the drivers? What's it been like for you? Well, it, it, it's been it's been difficult for everybody. Uh, you know, some of us have it easier than others. You know, some of us are still employed. Some of us are still getting our paychecks. So it's it's difficult to complain about being a little bit bored. Um, it's been most difficult within the realm of NASCAR, certainly, on the race teams, because the only time they get paid is when they race. And if the green flag doesn't go in the air, the check doesn't come in the mail. And it's been it's been very very difficult, particularly for some of the smaller teams uh, in the in the Xfinity and the Truck Series, particularly uh, for them to keep the doors open and keep everybody working. Yeah, I mean, just uh, I mean, the NASCAR was going to try to race without fans at, at Atlanta, uh, but did they make the right decision in, in, in pausing for this long? Well, I don't think they had a choice. Uh, it, it really wasn't up to NASCAR. It was up to the states in which NASCAR competes. And and if you look at the schedule uh, going forward where races now have been announced to go back to work, it's in North Carolina, it's in South Carolina, the state of Florida has opened its arms and relaxed its standards and said we want professional sports to begin again. But there are a lot of other states that have not done that. And, and as of now, I think that's a major factor in why the, uh, the schedule has only been announced for the next three or four weeks with, with races at Darlington and Charlotte. We keep hearing that the state of Virginia is, is going to allow racing to resume, but it hasn't happened yet. We keep hearing that, you know, that Atlanta and the state of Georgia are going to do it, but it hasn't happened yet. So we're just going to have to wait and see. This this wasn't a case of NASCAR wanting to pull the plug necessarily. Uh, they just weren't allowed to go in and, and conduct their races. You're looking at the schedule, Dave. They're going to jam-pack four races within a, a 10-day period, starting with Sunday. Two races at Darlington on, on Sunday and then next, uh, Wednesday, May 20th, and then the uh, Coca-Cola 600th uh, will be uh, May 24th, the uh, annual event down there at Charlotte Motor Speedway, followed by another race three days later at Charlotte Motor Speedway. I, mean, I know that you want to get back to racing, but is it maybe a little too much? or I mean, how are the teams going to adjust trying to cram uh, four races into that short amount of time? You know, in, in talking to the crew chiefs and the team managers that I've spoken to in the last couple of weeks since the, since the plan was made public, they seem like they are ready to go. Now, they had they had intermediate track cars prepared. We were supposed to be in Atlanta the weekend that everything got called off. Uh, we were supposed to go to Homestead, Miami. So, so they got a, a couple of weeks or a couple of races worth of intermediate cars already prepared. Uh, they're preparing more as we speak. It's unprecedented. You know, we haven't we haven't run four NASCAR Premier Series races in an eleven day span since nineteen seventy one, um, and and nobody really planned to do it this way. But if we're going to get caught up and we're going to get thirty six races in before the end of this season, they're going to have to do some hustling here in the short term. And it sounds like the teams are ready to do that. I mean, have they been working on their cars during this time off? I mean, obviously two months off. I mean, the drivers. 
uh, had to be a little bored. I mean, they, obviously the the e racing has helped out a little bit. I mean, could you talk about the e racing as far as as well as uh, how the teams have managed to you know s- try to stay sharp through this? Right. Well, the, the teams have not been able to work on race cars. And again, that's not a factor of them not wanting to or not having the desire. The states have closed things down. And unless you were an essential business and, and NASCAR race teams working on race cars in, in the vast majority of these states have not been deemed essential. They've not been able to go in there and work. The iRacing deal has been a wonderful diversion. And it's been great for the fans. And it's been great for the drivers. Um but you don't need a pit crew to build your iRacing car. You basically just, you know, you, you turn the machine on, you turn on your monitor, and you're good to go racing. So the race teams have effectively just been sitting by the sidelines for the last couple of months until about a week or a week and a half ago when they finally got the green light here in North Carolina to open the doors and get back to work again. Yeah. Uh, take a quick look at the know We only have had four races so far, but pretty tight right now. Kevin Harvick uh, leading uh, Joey Logano by just a point. Uh, how, how I know it's like I said it's early, but just talk about the uh, that race right now. I mean, how's with with this pandemic and, and delay? I mean, how do you think the the standings will be affected down the road here? Well, there've been a lot of tragedies in this, obviously, uh, and, and you know, racing racing is nowhere near the top of the list of tragedies from this pandemic. People right. have lost their lives and their jobs and family members. Uh, all we've lost is a few weeks worth of stock car racing. But with that said. We were off to a tremendous start. I mean, we had four really good races to get things going. And, you know, Joey Logano won two out of the first four. All four of them were highly competitive with lots of lead changes and, and really good racing throughout the pack. Sadly, I think we've pretty much lost all of that early season momentum. Two months on the sidelines. I mean, if you want to go back and do all the math, we've run four races in the last six months. So, I don't think there's any momentum carrying over, good or bad, quite honestly, going into into Darlington this weekend. For most of us, and for the teams and the drivers that I've talked to, this really just seems like a start-over, a do-over. Start from scratch, pick it up, and off we go. I mean, obviously, I I think fans won't be allowed at the tracks. I mean, how different will that be, you know, having races without fans? It's going to be different. There's, There's no question about that. It probably won't be quite as different as the, the quote-unquote stick-and-ball sports, baseball, basketball, football, hockey, where where the fans can drown out and do the sport itself. Uh, you know, when, when, you know, when somebody knocks one over the fence in baseball, the fans uh, are louder than the game. In our game, the game is louder than the fans, uh, except for the rare exception where somebody like Dale Earnhardt Jr. maybe takes the lead at Talladega and the fans drown out 40 stock cars. Uh, once the green flag goes in the air on Sunday, it's going to be loud. It's going to be raucous. Yes, we'll miss those people in the grandstands. It will be strange to look up there and not see them. But in terms of the way the game actually progresses and what we hear, at least, as opposed to what we see, it probably won't be all that different. But yeah, obviously you've you talked about me. You lost me's momentum. NASCAR has been struggling in the ratings the last few years. But with the sport coming back, and really this is the first uh, after UFC, really another sport coming back. Do you think you'll get the sport will get more eyes because hey, there's some live sports we can watch? Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. You know, uh, last year's overall numbers at the end of the season were encouraging. They were they were up uh, a, a little bit, not a ton. Uh, 
but in, in a year when TV viewership in general was down double digits, any sport that was up, and NASCAR was to some degree, is a positive. I, I have heard from people that, that have said, I'm not a NASCAR fan. I've never been to a NASCAR race. Rarely, if ever, have watched the TV or listened to it on the radio. But I will be tuned in this weekend uh, to watch that race from Darlington. And to some degree, I think any professional sport right now would get a little bit of a, a, a bump upward. I, I think, you know, curling from Calgary would draw a certain number of viewers this weekend just simply because there's nothing else out there. But I think this has the potential to be a really good thing for NASCAR. What does NASCAR have to do to capitalize on this if going forward, once they're able to have fans back and once we get back to a, a semblance of normalcy, I mean, how important is it for them this, you know, to, to bring in new fans during this time? Well, I, I, the first thing, first and foremost thing they have to do in the short term is that they have to stay healthy. And, and they've, got, they've got a book full of protocols and guidelines for the next few races that, that's about as thick as the Charlotte, North Carolina telephone book. And, and they're doing everything they can possibly do to make sure everybody stays healthy. It's not 100% fail-safe. No protocol would be. But staying healthy and proving, quite honestly, to the governors of a lot of these other states that are either on the fence or have not yet been convinced that reopening for professional sports is a good idea right now, there's a lot of convincing to do out there. And it basically, it comes down at the end of the day, Ken, to what it always comes down to, and that's the product on the racetrack. If the racing is good, if the storylines are compelling, the personalities are, are out in front and giving people something to talk about and get excited about, people will buy the tickets when they're allowed to. People will tune in on TV or radio until then. It's all about the product on the racetrack. You mentioned staying healthy. Uh, Daytona 500, we saw a scary crash involving Ryan Newman. Uh, it looked very bad, but he was able to come out of it okay. And looks like he's going to come back. I mean, have you had a chance to talk to Ryan? What, uh, how he's feeling and all that, and getting ready to come back? He's he's feeling great, and and he's ready to go this weekend. He will be in the car on Sunday at Darlington Raceway. And at the risk of, of being accused of being over dramatic or whatever, any of us, anybody that saw that wreck on the final lap of the Daytona 500 knows that that Ryan Newman is a lucky to be alive and b very fortunate indeed to be back in the race car after having missed only three starts in the 2020 season. So I think he has he has a great appreciation for just how fortunate he was. Uh, he, he certainly appreciates the fact that he's going to be back doing what he loves to do this weekend, and, and we're all pretty happy to see him there as well. Yeah, I mean, I saw the re replays. Of that. I just it, it gave me chills just watching it, and I'm, I'm glad he's okay because it, it's a dangerous sport, and you know, I, I think I think people realize how dangerous it is, but uh, that was just uh, for him to come out of that and just uh, be ready to race. It's just uh, truly it's amazing the safety of these cars that they uh, have and just uh, they're able to survive something like that. Well, NASCAR has done a lot of work, to, and they are very responsive to trying to make these cars as safe as they can possibly be. And, and in the aftermath of the Ryan Newman crash, they examined that car. I mean, they took it apart and, and checked it with white gloves, and they've made a couple of fairly significant rules in the construction of these race cars to try and strengthen these machines where, they, where that particular car proved to be a little bit weak so that 
unfortunately and hopefully going forward, it will be even safer than it was. But the, the bottom line on this, Ken, is that the laws of, uh, of physics remain in play. And, and as long as we've got 3,500-pound objects at 200 miles an hour running into other objects that are essentially stationary, it's the old immo- immovable force versus the unstoppable object. And we're never going to be 100% safe. All we can hope to be is as safe as we can possibly be. Dave, where can uh, people find you on Twitter? At D Godfather Moody on Twitter. Uh, we love chatting with race fans out there. Uh, we're, we're doing the Sirius XM NASCAR radio show every day at three o'clock Eastern Time every weekday. So, and, and in addition to being uh, you know boots on the ground at the racetrack. Uh, well, four times in the Cup Series in the next 11 days and seven times total in 11 days beginning on Sunday. So we're going to have plenty to do. There won't be a lot of downtime anymore. I, I love that Twitter handle. You can make an offer you can't refuse, right? I'm, I'll make them. At, at this point, we've been sitting around so long, I'm taking any offer that's up there. <laughs> Dave Moody, appreciate a few minutes talking to NASCAR. Have fun on Sunday. and glad it's back and uh, enjoy, uh, enjoy some busy time uh, coming up. You got it, Ken. Thank you. All right, that's Dave Moody. We'll be back to wrap up the podcast in just a moment. I'm Dr. Howard Zucker, New York State's Health Commissioner. I'm calling on all New Yorkers to do their part to slow the spread of coronavirus. Everyone, even young people and those who feel well, stay home. If you must go outside, stay six feet from others. This will ensure everyone who needs hospital care can get it. This virus spreads even without symptoms. Stay home and stay safe. Be a part now so we can all be together later. Stay informed at health.ny.gov slash coronavirus. to wrap up the podcast keep checking out dailygazette.com and the print edition for the latest updates in news and sports on the coronavirus pandemic i want to thank all the doctors nurses and first responders who are dealing with this pandemic we appreciate the job you're doing in this difficult time that wraps up another edition of the parting shots podcast i'd like to thank john shambi and dave mooney for coming on the show the Parting Shots podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and CastBox. Subscribe today. If you have questions or comments about the podcast, email them to me at shot, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Slapshots. The views expressed on the Parting Shots podcast are not necessarily those of Gazette newspapers. The Party Shots Podcast is a production of Gazette Newspapers. I'm Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From the Party Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York, good day, good sports, and stay safe.